is even nightmare of schizophrenia is not knowing what's true. Imagine if you had suddenly learned that the people, the places, the moments most important to you were not gone, not dead, but worse, had never been. Hello and welcome to the Picture House podcast. Uh, my name's Richard Willett. I'm a film and TV producer and I create digital marketing content for my clients and um, I have a BA honours in film and TV production. In these podcasts, I um, basically look at um, films that I believe to be very well-made films and look at the themes and the lessons that we can learn from these films. Um, I got into film and TV production because I really loved the psychology of how something is put together and the effect that has on its audience and also the psychology of the characters that were created and um, the stories that were told. So I look at the these films and I look at the life lessons that we could possibly learn from them and the values. Um, today's film is going to be A Beautiful Mind. Um, it's an incredible film. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's, it stars Russell Crowe and um, has Dr John Nash and it's an amazing, amazing, well, amazingly well put together film. So the film starts in 1947 um, as Nash arrives at Princeton University. He, is, um, he goes in with a guy called um, Martin Hansen, which is his friend, and um, on a scholarship for mathematics. Um, it's a credible film. When he goes in, he's obviously a loner, and I think a lot of the themes in this film do sort of go around how he was a lone wolf, but how his mind and the way he sees the world... Um, distances him from the people around him and what he's lost he, um, the beautiful mind that he has has taken a lot from him also given him so much as well and there's another theme that in this film where it's almost like it goes along the, the theme of superpowers and I don't know if you remember Superman I can't think it was Superman 2 um, of all things but there is there is trust me there is a connection here Superman I think in, in Superman 2 lost his powers and there was a point where he wanted to be normal and like everybody else so he chose to have his powers taken away so he could fit in um, something quite similar happens here in the film um, about quarter of way into it halfway into it Dr John Nash he's diagnosed with schizophrenia um, and he comes to realise that um, his roommate from university um, and his roommate's um, niece I believe um, they aren't actually real. They only exist in his mind. And um, he's going. He, he's taken into therapy. He's been put through a lot of barbaric therapy of the time, as we all know. Um, obviously, um, electric shock therapy, and the effect that it has. It does take away these phantoms. They're no longer speaking to him, but it also takes away his beautiful mind. He's not able to do the mathematics that he was, solve them problems. So in one way, it solves one problem, but it gives him a whole lot of other problems to to deal with. He knows that he's able to do these things, but his mind is um, anaesthetized. It's, it's kept down to a certain level. So he does lose his superpower, and he, he trades his his extraordinary ways for an ordinary life. And... Um, we can learn, I believe, we can learn a lot about that. He, especially later on in the film, what he's able to do, Doctor John Nash, is without the medication and without all of this therapy, he's able, through awareness, to live with these phantoms, with these people that he's seeing. As soon as he becomes aware that these things aren't real, 
as soon as he becomes aware that that, that is not um, actually how it is, he's able to understand that they can only have so much power of him in his belief in them. Their power lies in the fact that he believed in them. When he no longer believes in them, they're just phantoms. They're just mirages. They are there. They don't go. By the end of the film, they don't move away. They don't They don't fade away. What they do is, um, he says in the film, that they almost get bored of him, get bored of trying. They're still there. But they understand that he understands now, and it becomes an understanding. And um, I suppose that harks back to knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is power. And when he understands that they aren't real, that they can no longer control him, they can, can't no longer control him. And um, he learns to cope. And it really comes down to this film, in my opinion, is coping mechanisms. He finds his own way to cope. Now, what is incredible about this film and the themes of this film is he uses the one thing that's not working, which is his beautiful mind, in that way in which to think past the problem. So he uses the broken thing to think past that problem. So it fixes itself, but it's only the understanding. So it goes um, it goes underneath the mind to his subconscious to the fact that he knows this is no longer real and I don't have to indulge in this. And um, I was speaking to someone a few days ago, a friend of mine, and we did a podcast together, um, Jonathan Royal, who's a stage hypnotist, and we were talking about the placebo effect. And I suppose in a way this has a correlation to the placebo effect because he's able to understand that that's not how the world is. He's able to, um, I suppose, kick off that placebo effect in himself and control it. Um, it's, I suppose it's the placebo effect whilst understanding it's the placebo effect. And that's his beautiful mind. He saves himself from insanity by using the one thing's one thing that's broke um it's an incredible film and if you haven't seen it the acting the directing the music um where the cameras are put incredibly clever um it's a very similar film to shutter island if you have ever seen that with leonardo dicaprio that film again is is an incredible film and i think i'll probably look through that one and, and go over the themes and the life lessons in that but this podcast is about the life lessons that we can learn from it and i, I believe that one is about a beautiful mind is about understanding and once you start to understand what's wrong and what's hurting you um that goes a long way to solving the issue in itself um and that maybe um maybe you've always had had the ability to help yourself um all along but sometimes you need someone else to tell you that um and it's the belief in it. it. I think it comes down to belief. There's many, many other theme, uh, themes in the film as well. Um, how mental illness affects the family. There was a fantastic scene in this film where his wife um, is um, just walking around. It's after he's been on the medication and she's obviously worried about him relapsing back into these these delusions. Um, and seeing these people again, seeing his old... Um, roommate at university seeing the the little girl and also there's a guy another phantom that, that that persists at him in the film and it's a guy that he believes to be from a from a, a federal agent agency and he's chasing him and obviously that's that's the fear um so she worries about him seeing them again and she comes down to the kitchen at once and and he's um he's talking to someone out the window and it's night time and he says goodbye to someone and she asks concerned 
um, that he was seeing these things again, these people again, that who are you talking to? And he said, oh, I'm just talking to the um, to the dustbin man, to the dustman. And um, she turns around and she says, John, the dustmen don't come at night. And then um, he replies, well, they do round here. And it's incredibly well done because then you just see a moment between the two and you don't know whether he's lost it or um, you believe that he that he has, but you hope that he hasn't. And then you hear the dustman calling in the background and the truck go past. And that shows the effect it has on your family. Once you have gone through something like that and your sanity has been questioned, it must be incredibly hard for your sanity to be restored in the minds of others, if that makes sense. So even though that you're right, the trust is broken there and it takes a long while for the trust to be put back. And they deal with this in the film in an incredible way, with little situations like that. They laugh laugh it off afterwards, but it shows the effect it has on her and um, on her daily life. And she says in the film that sometimes the only way of coping is that now and again she sees the man that she fell in love with. Um, um, and she fell in love with someone that was he before he got incredibly ill. Um, but he was always on, on that path to be ill. Um, so that's one of the themes. It's how it affects those around us and how it affects their, their um, view of us. Something as severe as schizophrenia, and I'm not a psychologist, I haven't done psychology other than the psychology in films and characters, it must be incredibly hard for those around them to to gain that trust back in in what this person's thinking and feeling. And it must be a, a really, really terrifying for people around us. So that's one of the other themes that they cover. They cover um, the theme of how it affects those around us. Um, they they also cover isolation, um, being an outcast. They um, cover things like walking your own path. Um, I'd just like to play you a clip from a film now. Um, in this film, the doctor, the psychologist that treats um, John, um, ex- tries to explain to his wife what it must feel like to to have schizophrenia and um, the terrifying world in which he's just kind of woke up in. You see, the nightmare of schizophrenia is not knowing what's true. Imagine if you had suddenly learned that the people, the places, the moments most important to you were not gone, not dead, but worse, had never been. So in that scene there, um, the doctor explains to John's wife what it would be like to wake up in a world where everything you believed is no longer true and how that would reframe everything you ever knew, um, how you would look at people. Um, how would he know if his wife was real, if his child was real um, at the time they had a little boy together? Um, and the, how terrifying that is not to believe your own mind. Um and I feel like um, I spoke to a guy called Richard Grannon a couple of days ago, so it's going to be on the next podcast for another podcast that I do called The Toll House. And he runs a narcissist survival kit, um, a Spartan life coach. And he talked to um, he helps people overcome narciss- um, a narcissistic relationship. And I think a lot of that in, in there when you come out of a narcissistic relationship is the same. You realise that not a lot of what you've been told or uh, believed about yourself is true and you have to find a new way of understanding the past. Um, from this scene, um, uh, John has to un- try and find a new way in the world. Everything looks different. 
everything feels different and he's no longer certain about things that he was certain about before um, and that must be absolutely terrifying for not only him but his family as well um, so the way as I covered earlier he survives is to first take the medication and get better as they say is get better um, but it really just numbs the effects of schizophrenia he learns how to cope he learns how to live with the situation he has and he learns how to he learns by using his mind how to think around the problem um but we all when we go through situations and problems and we work through things we all have to learn how to adjust and i think a lot of the problems that we have we try and revert back to who we were before so instead of trying to become someone new become something new and saying okay this has happened in our lives this has affected me incredibly so i know can no longer be the same person that i was before this happened um and a lot of pain is unnecessary um because it's in, in my opinion because it's you trying to get back to where you were before trying to unsee something or unfeel something um and um the frustration in doing so um, I think obviously that causes a lot of confusion, frustration, as I just said. Um, you can get into drink, drugs and all of these problems and issues to cover the fact that you're no longer the same. You have been changed by these circumstances. Um, and I think one of the things to learn from this film, and I really do think you should go out and watch this film. I know it's on Amazon Prime. So if you've got Amazon Prime, type in A Beautiful Mind and have a look for it. it is, there's a load more lessons in this film that you can learn lots and lots more and um, these are just sort of the ones that really stand out for me um, this will help you realize that you can find other ways to um, adapt to the situation you can find other ways to do things you don't necessarily not have to do the things you wanted to do before you just have to work with the new set of building blocks that you've been given you are different you will feel different um, it's, it's happened unless you can suddenly forget that it ever happened um, you will always reverting back to who you were before a lot of this drama and this trauma um, and this knowledge is no longer um, going to work unfortunately I, I suppose it's a little bit like Pandora's box once the box is open all sorts come flying out unfortunately scattered all over the floor and then you have to I suppose accept that it is scattered all over the floor the lid is open the world around you has changed and the framing in which you see the world is going to be different um but your reactions can be different. And I suppose the true nature of learning from something that's happened to you is to learn how to change your behavior in the future to adapt. We're all just trying to adapt. Um, and that's what John Nash does in this film. He learns to adapt. He learns to use the God-given talent, if you want to use that word, um, that he's been given to solve the problem um, in which he is facing. And he says in there, this is what I do. This is um, this is how I survive. I solve problems. So here's another little clip where he talks about that. Why did you stop your meds? Because I couldn't do my work. I couldn't help with the baby. I couldn't... I couldn't respond to my wife. I think that's better than being crazy. We'll need to start you on a higher run of insulin shocks and a new medication. No. There has to be another way. Schizophrenia is degenerative. Some days may be symptom-free, but over time, you're getting worse. It's a problem. That's all it is. It's a problem with no solution. And that's what I do. I solve problems. That's what I do this best. This isn't math. 
You can't come up with a formula to change the way you experience the world. All I have to do is apply my mind. There's no theorem, no proof. You can't reason your way out of this. Why not? Why can't I? Because your mind is where the problem is in the first place. I can do this. I can work it out. All I need is time. Is that the baby? Babies are my mother's, John. So what John says there, he says, um, all I need is time. And, of course, sometimes um, that is all you need. Um, obviously, the more time you have, the more opportunities you're going to have to be able to figure these things out, um, how to try new things. But um, in my opinion, um, the best thing that's, that's worked for me was when I figured out that I wouldn't be the same, um, that, that these things had happened and that I had to learn to adapt. And that's what the film seems to be about. It seems to be about adapting um, and finding new ways. And it's an incredible film. The way in which they they show that John actually figures out that these people aren't real is that he f and believes it. Because obviously during the film he's going to question who's real and what's real and what's not. He figures it out with with his beautiful mind. He figures out that the the niece of um, his older university roommate she never gets any older. And it's incredibly well done how he does that. Um, it's such a subtle thing, but he is so astute and he and he tries to figure his way past things. Um, that he figures that out. Um, the older people, the roommate and this um, sort of FBI agent, whatever you want to call it, it's harder to tell whether they get older because they're, they're, they're an older age anyway, but this young girl never gets any older. She, um, after a sort of many, many years of seeing her, she never grows and he understands. There's understanding that if she was a young person, 15 years later, she's not going to be a child anymore and it's very, very well done. So um, it's an incredible film. Please go on Amazon uh, Prime if you can or find a way of getting the film. DVD couldn't cost much anymore. And um, look for A Beautiful Mind um, with Russell Crowe. It's an amazing film. Um, there's a lot of other life lessons in there to be learned. They're just the main ones. So the main lesson to take away from The Picture House today um, is that you can adapt to accept that things have happened, that your framing of the world has changed and learn new ways of coping and adapting and that it can be done if um, this character, this John Nash, can do it with the the mind that is confusing him. If he can think past that, then we can think past and we can um, adapt to our situations and um, our problems and the new world that we've woken up in. So I hope you've enjoyed the Picture House podcast this week. Um, please do subscribe to me on Podbean and SoundCloud. It's uh, Richard Willett Podcasts. I do have a couple of other podcasts. One's called The Wongi House, where I look at strange and weird facts with a friend of mine of the world, try and figure out why people have even bothered um, looking into these things um, and what they say about us as humanity that we measure these things. Um, I also have the Toll House podcast, where I get to interview some people that really, really help me understand the strange and weird world around us and um, all the podcasts I do really center around trying to understand the behavior of this strange and weird world the people in it myself and what it all means um, and the absurdity of life I suppose so thank you for listening and please tune in next week thank you bye bye well you know I've been gone not gone. Maybe they never will be. I've gotten used to ignoring them and I think as a result they've kind of given up on me. You think that's what it's like with all our dreams and our nightmares, Martin?
We've got to keep feeding them for them to stay alive. And John, they, they haunt you, though. Well, they're my past, Martin. Everybody's haunted by their past. 